Welcome to Monster Crush, a podcast that's a little spooky, always sexy, and surprisingly educational. Every episode, we dare to find love in all the wrong places on our never-ending quest for the best monster smooches. I'm Heavenly, and I'm here to ask the real questions like, is it double timing if your boyfriend has two heads? And I'm joined by special guests from Super Duper Stitches, Jake and Wyatt. Hello. hello, hello, and what? Thanks so much for having us. What a question to kick it off with as well. Mm-hmm. Man, oh man, double timing if your boyfriend has two heads. I have a few questions. What okay. kind of head are we talking? What kind of heads are we talking? Well, there's more than one head on the male anatomy, and that could be <laughs> an important thing to specify. Okay, we're talking about two heads. You know, on the in between the shoulders, in betwixt the shoulders. Betwixt the okay. shoulder type heads? Okay. Mm-hmm. Do these heads have the same haircut? No. Do they have the same level of education? Uh well, yes, but one of them was a bit of a slacker. Ooh, the bad mm-hmm. boy head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm. Uh do they uh stay in touch, these two heads? Uh, what do you mean? Stay in touch. They are they like, are they... quite always touching. Actually, always touching. Did they figure out a way to both wear a hat at the same time, <laughs> or are we talking separate hats as well? Because this might be a deal is breaker it, for me. Is it a comically large kind of like ten gallon hat? The hat could not be tighter. Skin tight hat, pretty much a swim cap. <laughs> Skin tight hat. Uh, if it has a little bit of stretch and then conforms to the to the skin tightedness, if it's like a Spanx where you have to squeeze in and kind of like redistribute, probably yeah. not. Okay. But if it's something that stretches and then shrinks to fit perfectly, like shrink wrap or shrinky mm-hmm. dinkies, mm. shrinky dinkies, then yes. It so you would have fit. to put the hat in the oven for it to come down to size, but otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Or you could just apply heat, like from a from a hair dryer. Oh, that's no, that's true. Okay, that's true. all right, all right. Yeah. In that case, that because of that, I think that no, it's totally fine. It's totally okay. fine. I'll leave. Yeah. I guess my next question, my final question, would be: by double timing, do we mean betraying one head for the other? Are we talking double time, as in double the fun? Will one of the two heads wear the horns of the cuckold? <laughs> I think that you have to work out uh, individually within your own relationship. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. what, what, what if you don't like one of the heads? Oh, hmm. indeed. Well, this is where one head gets to wear the Spanx helmet. The other <laughs> head gets to wear the hair gel. Oh, yeah. They, right. A, the a liquid gl- hat, as I like to call it. <laughs> yeah. We're done with who's the top, who's the bottom, who wears the pants. It's who who wears the hair gel, who wears the skin tight cap. <laughs> cap, specifically. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> they can still participate so, and express their wrong opinions, but... Mm-hmm. Which one of you, like, gels your hair and which one of you kind of puts the cap on? Man, oh man. Well, as we see right now, actually, really depends on what the episode is, uh, odd or even. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about your podcast? Why take it away? I will take it away. So, 
This is but give it back speaking. later. Oh yeah, I'll give it back later if you insist. I guess um, actually maybe you should say who is who is who. This voice is Wyatt. Um, That's Wyatt, guys. And this and one's Jake. That one's Jake. There you have it. The one who addressed the other one as Wyatt isn't Wyatt. If that helps. That's at least yeah. this week. Next week, who knows? Yeah. We are. I think we're doing this a couple minutes too late. But you know what? I think by now we figured it out. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, fair. Um, but yeah, our um, we are the co-hosts of the show Super Duperstitious. Uh, we both have backgrounds in science and friendship, and we bring mm-hmm. both of those things to the fore in addressing all manner of paranormal, supernatural, cryptozoological, and what have you type topics and stories. So we like to take a skeptical approach, but that doesn't mean we don't love the stories and want to believe um, as hard as we possibly can. So we'll look for explanations that can be supported through science, and otherwise we just enjoy the strangeness of the world around us. Jake, did I do good, and can I take the tight hat off of my head? <laughs> you did well, yes, yes. Good. Oh, no. Good, Wyatt, very good. <laughs> it's a super great podcast. I enjoyed a lot. And, you know, I actually did have a question for you, too. I was listening to um, one of your episodes, and it was, I don't remember the number, I'm sorry, and I don't remember the title, but to be fair, I don't I don't remember the the number and title of, of my own show. But uh, one of you was talking about a haunted road trip that was being suggested by a car rental company. That was uh, so. Why it was sorry, sorry. Why it was frozen for that whole question. He is back now. Um, this question is actually for Wyatt. Unfortunately, <laughs> Wyatt, how you doing? Oh, I think oh. we have him back. Oh, no worries. What is going on? Here we go. Is it still working? Yeah. It does. Here we go. Okay. I just I can switched hear my you. internet source. That's very good. I finished my whole podcast description without a hitch. That was <laughs> good, good timing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I was like, well, they're extremely wrapped and silent as a response. <laughs> we, we were just so, we were, you took our breath away with that description. It was so succinct, so well said, and we just needed a moment to reflect. Man, oh man. I think it was actually so good. I took my internet away. <laughs> Yeah. So anyhow, I don't know where we left off because I've just been scrambling. I so I had a question for you about Please. the episode that you did not too long ago that featured the haunted road trip that was being advertised by a car rental company. Ah, uh, yes. Um yes indeed. So please lay it on me or is that just the question in and of itself? Uh n- no, that wasn't the question in and <laughs> of itself. I was just I was listening to that and immediately I thought so if a car rental company is telling you to take this trip through these this haunted route, um, that seems like a huge liability. It's but incredibly if dangerous. They den- if they denied insurance on the car, like it's too dangerous of a trip, we're not going to insure the car. I feel like that's a racket. <laughs> oh, I fully agree. I actually submitted a comment of concern on the website. <laughs> um they it was basically just a please tell us how fun your trip was box but um i typed in a few words let them know how i was feeling essentially i have geico right now i talked to my agent about this because i wanted I also to have geico, oh so. nice well there you go <laughs> maybe they'll throw us a discount on our monthly rate <laughs> for mentioning them um but i was I pay eight dollars a month in insurance eight dollars a so month <laughs> You're like driving a go-kart around town or something. 
I do. I do. I drive a moped, so it's eighty oh, dollars for the whole for the whole year. Woo. Damn! Wow, they slice a couple months off just for for uh, <laughs> just for coming back, coughing it up right up front, huh? <laughs> Wowzers! Um, I will say actually to that end, I was living in a city called Springfield in Western Massachusetts for a time, and my rates were sky high. I moved, oh, fifteen miles down the road, and they're like, "Hey, buddy." It's suddenly $400 less <laughs> a year. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Lo- highly huh. localized rates, I will tell you what. I mean, I'm still driving a bus, but either way. Uh, but, yeah, I, I basically I reached out to my agent about coverage for haunted roads. And, mm. I mean, I don't know how offended Are I should you- be about this, but they basically just started laughing at me. <sighs> Yeah, that's rude. Because uh, you ending, were doing your due diligence. I was prepared to drive 233 miles an hour to cover it in the uh, six-hour allotted time span. Yeah, they on that route they did give up. They they totaled the overall uh, length of the trip based on just how many miles it was put together, but didn't account for the fact that it's in entirely different parts of the country. Right. Saying, oh, it'll only take you two and a half hours, so that does mean you have to go. As fast as the car can possibly go, if not (laughs) not faster. But I think if you, if they're advertising this road trip, they must then give you some type of like ticket maybe or a card or a special siren that basically just kind of announces to everyone like, I'm on the haunted America road trip. I have six hours to complete it. Um, (laughs) Please get out of my way. They have like a special lane built through 15 (laughs) different states. It's like 30 feet up off the ground. Or actually, I guess better would be underneath the ground. It's it's like the carpool lane, but uh, much more dangerous. Exactly. Um, It does put a certain kind of car into mind, Um, but it would be too too hysterical to mention it's too late. It already has been mentioned. Oh. And let me think now. What was I just about to say? Punch card, sirens, makes a lot of good sense. I do think they're kind of covering their own butts with the um, the fear factor rating, whatever it was, the spookometer that they created Yes, at no small expense. I don't expense. think they can do the fear factor rating. I think, uh, who's the guy who, who's in charge of fear factor? Uh, Joe Rogan, right? Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> Bro Rogan. He trademarked the fear factor meter. The uh-huh. most fearless man alive. That would be kind of funny if that came oh. before the show. <laughs> He just wakes up in a cold sweat one night. <sighs> the world has to know. <laughs> but yeah, what did you think was the scariest spot? Or where? what road was the scariest road for you to drive down, Heavenly? From that list or just from any scary roads? I was going to make it yes. from that list, but really, honestly, any scary roads. <laughs> Uh, you know, one time I will say I was on, I was doing a road trip and it was really late at night and we needed to turn around and we, uh, it was me and my ex, we were like, you know, 18 or something, just very stupid, very horny. So this was literally the start of a horror movie <laughs> and we drove down this road that were you we guys were looking for a place to make out. No, we were just trying to turn around. It was really we're like, we need to get to where we need to make out. You know, we, Is we that have what the kids call these days turning around. We're, we're doing like a road trip <laughs> of like make out spots. We only have six hours. <laughs> I think that was the and next link that they were suggesting for me on the site. 
And so we like go onto this road and we're like, we're going to turn around. And it was one of those roads that just kept getting longer Mm -hmm. and there was no spot to turn around. And it's like 1 a.m. and we're just going down this road and it's getting progressively progressively bumpier and narrower. And then at the end of the road, there was this just, I remember it as this like awful dilapidated mansion. And I don't know that that's true, but it was very scary. Uh, And we had to pull up close to the house to turn around to go back down the road. (laughs) And I was like, this is fucking it. Like, this is how like our tires are going to blow. They probably put up some type of, you know, strip so that one way. So when the meat comes in, they can't get out. And then all of a sudden someone (laughs) will come out and be like, oh, no, did you blow a tire? Well, you know, my husband will be back tomorrow morning. Just wait in this cauldron. Just wait. (laughs) Would you like a bath, a warm bath? Yeah, nice hot bath. The water's only... 400 degrees it's um, toasty it's toasty it was cold very toasty that is very spooky the the image of this road in my mind now is given that you had to turn around at the house am i correct in imagining it as literally exactly the length of your car with very steep sides on either side such that if you were to try to turn around you would fall off and get stuck in the road <laughs> it wasn't thankfully it wasn't on a cliff but it was just like surrounded by trees because we're in oregon so there's uh, just fucking trees everywhere so it was yeah. obviously just a private road and we were a hundred percent trespassing yeah but we got we had to turn around so you know you can't flip a bitch on the freeway <laughs> as they say <laughs> i remember my first grade teacher actually told us that after a cursive is that is that something that you all say on the East Coast? Flip a bitch if you need to make a U-turn. <laughs> Never heard <laughs> or that a in my bitch life. turn, if you will. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it it maybe it's a West Coast thing, but growing up, if you had to make a U-turn, it was called flipping a bitch. Really? Oh my gosh! Yeah. I like that. I'm gonna. I like start that a lot that for sure. Man, oh man, you guys got to send some of these phrases back our way. We just got stale ones. I'm going to introduce it here in the Midwest and see if it can make it back home to the Northeast. We do have great, you know, state coverage right now, don't we, as far as longitude goes? We got the whole country right now. Got the whole country. Maybe in the Midwest you could change it to be like, flip a, flip a lady. Flip a lady, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And back here in uh, New England, I'll be like, I'm about to perform a U-shaped turn. <laughs> is, that, is, that how you, is that how you speak in New England? Yeah. 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 You turn coming up. I'm, I mean, I'm not even doing a good main accent. That's Jake's. That's Jake's. Uh, that's, yeah, that's my territory. That's you, your territory. You cough, Wyatt. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try it. I'm not even gonna try it. What is the main accent? Um, you hear it in every movie that's ever based on a Stephen King book. <laughs> uh, well, you hear it attempted in every movie based on a Stephen King book, and it's always just butchered. And there are multiple uh, dialects of the main accent because although it's not a big state compared to those Western states, it is. Very big compared to the other New England states. And so you get like the different inland accents and then you have the coastal accents. The down east accent is the one everyone tries to do, which is the, uh, there's a nor'easter coming, don't you know? Mm. And of course the famous phrase, you can't get there from here. Oh. But, um, yeah. but it's, it's a weird place. It's all the coastline. Well, I want to thank you two for, for coming to Monster Crush. And uh, before we begin, I would like to start with some weird news. But even Ooh. before that, I want to ask about your monster journey. Uh, tell me mm. about the first Monster Crush you've ever had. Was it a video game character? Was it a cat girl? Mm. Was it, you know, something maybe a little closer to home, something under the bed, something in the closet? I think for me, I. 
I was pretty taken by Nessie very early on, as Ooh. many of us have been. But wow. uh, not long after that, this was, you know, growing up in the 90s, the show Animals X came on, uh, I think, Animal Planet or Discovery, and introduced me to just cryptozoology as a thing in a broader way beyond just Nessie and Bigfoot. And I will say, I know X is in the title, but talk about a lineup of very dateable animals. <laughs> Right, they should have called it Animal XXX. <laughs> That's right. That was on After Dark. <laughs> That's stay tuned. That's like Discovery After Dark or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so do you feel, Jake, that you then have an affinity towards aquatic monsters? Have that has that always Nessie holds a special place in your heart as kind of that first that first lassie? Nessie broke the ice, <laughs> and it may have also been influenced by being of Scottish heritage. I don't know. Mm. But really, when it really took off into a full-blown love affair was probably after watching the show Animals X and learning about the Chupacabras. That mm. was where I really was like, oh, this is something I am all about. I want to know all about this thing. I want to find it. I want to be the person who finds it. This is going to be great. Mm. That's funny. I, I actually believe i mean now i'm famously much enthralled by the big man bigfoot but my first i would actually say was probably uh chupacabra myself which mm. um not trying to encroach on jake's territory i already tried <laughs> the uh the main accent there so this is like a two, second strike for me hey you're a couple years older you were there first that's totally true fair. that's true i was able to watch Discovery After Dark. <laughs> My folks allowed it because I was already nine years old or whatever. <laughs> they were like, you're almost a man. You're almost a man. <laughs> Got to learn some things learn about things. how the world works. Yeah. <laughs> so have either of you seen the movie Chupacabra Terror? I have no, not. No, but I want to. Was that, does that take place on a ship? Yes, it does. What? Is John Reese davies in it? Is who in it? John Reese davies I don't know. Let me look up the cast list. He played... Gimli in Lord of the Rings? Are you uh, kidding me right now? He was also... There was some Sci-Fi Channel original movie he was in that was similar plot, but I don't know if it was this one or not. My goodness. Chupacabra Terror, it's called? Chupacabra Terror and Chupacabra Dark Seeds. Actually, it looks like they're the um, same one. Okay. Is it Chupacabra um, Terror colon Dark Seeds? They couldn't make up their mind of the subtitle. Seas. Dark Seas. Oh, Seas. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a scary agricultural movie. <laughs> This is, he's just like, he's just farming. He's draining all the blood out of the crops. This one has Jonathan, John Reese davies Gina, Clar, Gina Carla oh Esposito, God. Dylan Neal, and Shalon Simmons. John Carla Esposito, he played Gus Frank in uh, Breaking Bad. Yes, he and, and he also was in Chupacabra Terror. So we have two actors with some clout. Ooh. Wow. It is what were they either of them doing in that movie? It's fascinating. Folks got to pay the up. bills. Yeah, this was I think before Breaking Bad, so that might be why uh, he he was in it. But well, it was in two thousand and five, and you said this guy was in Lord of the Rings. Is that what you said? John John oh, yeah. Reese Davies was Gimli. He was also in um, and my uh, axe. Yeah, exactly. Said. He also was uh, was his name Sala in um, Indiana Jones, both uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and uh, the last one that's right which um which is the last crusade that was the last, last indiana jones movie so maybe he did this this is 2005 so this is after lord of the rings maybe he wasn't mm -hmm. really able to get 
anything else. Did get a lot of traction off being Gimli, apparently. <laughs> but this movie did launch Gina Carlo Esposito into uh, Breaking Bad, so. Which is pretty awesome. Cause... I mean, we don't know that, but we can assume. <laughs> I... I mean, what else could have done? Yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> I mean, this is clearly a show of his strength. There are 21 films under the Chupacabra movies uh, list in IMDb. Wow. Number one is Chupacabra Terror. It is the highest rated. Wow. <laughs> this is, to be clear, this is part of the Chupaverse. This is part of the Chupaverse. Uh, there's Mexican Werewolf in Texas, which seems racist. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, especially because Chupacabra is Puerto does. Rican. Chupacabra versus the Alamo? What? Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't remember that one. Is he fighting on yeah. the Whose side is he on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said he's uh, just at the Alamo? I think <laughs> it might be building? modern. I think it might be a modern... Or is he just um, going to get some sort He's of fighting history. the drug cartel. He's fighting the cartel. Oh. oh okay. That makes perfect sense oh, to me. Oh, there's more than one. Quite there's a, a pack of Chupacabras. You know, I have to say that as a small child, I also was very deeply fascinated by the Chupacabra. And the reason that I have knowledge of the film Chupacabra Terror just at the forefront of my mind at all times uh, is because I watched it all of the time. It was one of my favorite movies growing up. So uh, maybe there's just something. There's something about that it sucks blood. It can... So in some stories, it can read your mind and communicate with you telepathically. Wow. Whoa! It it's a very intimate creature. It you it's know true. encroaches on your farmland. It like takes something from you. It's true. And in the original in the original account uh, of a chupacabra, um, I've forgotten the woman's name now who saw the very first one, but she was very focused on the genitals. She did mm. look for a penis almost first mm. and foremost. That was one of the first things she uh, checked out for. So. There is definitely an allure there for all of us. It's inherently, the chupacabra is inherently sexual. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more, to be honest. It is what got <laughs> me into monsters. And actually, to this day, when I've been dating non-monsters, mm. uh, one of my <laughs> major sort of prereqs, guys, girls, doesn't matter what, is that they somehow resemble essentially a reptilian ghoul with fangs <laughs> and spines running down their back. <laughs> and they can jump really high. They need to be able to jump super high. <laughs> so and high. And eat almost exclusively only blood, preferably by Playing drinking. basketball against them just is not in your cards. It's but no that's part fun. of the appeal. That's right. It's fun when your partner is better at things than you are sometimes. <laughs> Everyone likes that. It's true. Well, I wish you luck in your dating life. Because oh, that does so seem... Much. It seems hard. It's hard. You know, it's hard <laughs> when we have these ideas, especially that have been cemented since a young age of what our perfect partner looks like. Societal expectations and pressure. It, <laughs> it feels extra difficult. Yes, um, yes. But I know that there's someone out there for you. So maybe someone oh. listening. Uh, listener, if you feel that that really describes you to a T, that's Wyatt. I've so. got, you can recognize me by my skin-tight, scalp-crushing hat that I it's wear. It's completely, there's even, yeah, it's completely around his head. <laughs> you can see the contour of his hair under the hat so tight. <laughs> yeah. I was even going to say, I think I can see the con the, the ridges of his brain. This is, <laughs> it has no smooth brain. This brain is full of ridges and <laughs> they're on display. <laughs> but yeah, if we're lucky, maybe, maybe Wyatt, maybe you and I will meet 
the uh, this ideal monster thing we've been looking for for so long today. That is also my hope. Um, but I understand, before we get into that, did you say you had some spooky news? I have weird news. Weird news. Oh, I'm weird very disappointed. News. That wasn't what we signed up for. We're out of here. Oh, uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. one of the, you know what, actually, it's, it's you know, it's a hybrid. It's a weird slash spooky news because there is a bit well, of spooky okay. news in there. Okay, I'm okay. Back, I'm I'm back. It's a little bit of both. Well, so let's begin with the weird news. Um, our first story comes from the AIP Advances, Volume 10, Issue 8. And I'm, I'm actually just going to read the abstract because I don't understand it, but it sounds scary. So okay. this paper was written by Melvin M. Vopson. So I'm really sorry that I'm just basically bastardizing your work. But this is what he wrote in the abstract. Currently, we produce about 10 to the 21st power digital bits of information annually on Earth. Assuming a 20% mm. annual growth rate, we estimate that after about 350 years from now, the number of bits produced will exceed the number of all atoms on Earth. Okay. Wow. After about 300 years, the power required to sustain this digital production will exceed the total planetary power consumption today. And after about 500 years from now, the digital content will account for more than half of Earth's mass, according to the mass energy information equivalency. Whoa. So he predicts that we may be approaching an information catastrophe. Wow. I think the man needs a little more information in order to make such a strong claim. <laughs> but the thing is, is that if he looks for information, he's going to be producing digital bits. To his oh. own prophecy. So <laughs> if he, but the way to solve this is he can just look for stuff in books instead of looking up stuff online. It's right. True. If we, are already do you think if we start deleting more stuff, does that help? That may, because, yeah, so bits, eight bits make a byte, and then, you know, a, a thousand bytes make a kilobyte, and so on from there. Um, so bits are pretty pretty small in terms of the amount of data that they represent. I believe, actually, and I, I don't know shit, I'm a biologist, I don't know shit about computer mm. technology, I'm not going to go any further than trying that. Yeah, if we free up stuff, that's if nothing else, it's taking... Uh, unwritten or it's making bits that already exist into unwritten kind of blank bits that can be rewritten so it's recycling reducing and reusing this reminds me of a time when i this would this would have been the discovery after dark days for me so i was probably only nine or ten <laughs> we had our home macintosh computer which was the family computer on which i had what color in my even younger days drawn some very cute digital pictures that my folks were very fond of kid pics we're in kid pics using kid pics exactly i All wanted right. to first say that i was drawing pictures instead of launching cold into the word kid pics because i think these days folks would get the wrong idea this was yeah, an illustrator program got a preference yes um but yeah we we're kids making pics <laughs> yes and there was some dumbass game that i badly wanted to play and you know what? I shouldn't even sell myself sh so short. It was probably something cool, such as uh, Sim Tower. Mm. And <laughs> I realized that the computer would not take this game because there was too much information already stored. And so I did as mm. any game-hungry child oh, would no. do and oh, no. deleted those pictures <laughs> from the computer. Oh, 
to make way for games. And my folks, I thought you were going to say you me. formatted the hard drive to make I way for the games. I was shunned. Yes. Yeah, because they loved the photos. It was a snapshot of my childhood that I, much like a thriving, vibrant community in a city, flattened to make way for Sim Tower. <laughs> You could show them this article, this, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say article, this paper, because it was, you know, it's it's published. I'm sorry, I don't mean to devalue the work here. Show them this paper and say, mom and dad, I was just getting rid of the digital bits of information that I've created that is leading, that is piling onto this heap of information that will lead to a catastrophe by choosing instead to only play with bits that had already been created. There you have I it. was saving us time. Now, does that <laughs> contribute? Yeah. <laughs> Do copied bits presumably add to the pile of information? Because in this case, I, I take it raw bits. It doesn't matter if it's novel information yeah, or not. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Are are what this man is concerned about. Um, what do we think would happen? when If there are more bits than atoms? The bit threshold, yes. I assume that we will get something like the uh, synthesized ending in Mass Effect 3. Ooh, nice reference. Indeed. Thank you. I don't know what either of you are talking about. I didn't get that far, but I knew it was an option. <laughs> spoiler, spoiler for a decades old game. Yeah. <laughs> and to think I had just deleted all my high school essays to make room for that on my computer. <laughs> Uh, I think yeah, maybe maybe the digital bits of information. I don't really I don't understand how that how those things exist. So I'm assuming that they must just exist in the same cup. If you, the Earth is a cup, they're in the same cup. So I guess we just com- we just they get all mixed up. Some of the bits get in my atoms. Some of my atoms get in the bits. Sort so of like a maybe, digital annihilation. It's like a Reese's. Sounds- it's like a Reese's pieces, but of yeah. <laughs> You got chocolate in my peanut butter. Exactly. <laughs> peanut butter in exactly. my chocolate. <laughs> so maybe my computer, maybe my computer will get depression, and maybe I will be able to do math in my head because we made a little bit of a switch. It's a pretty nice trade-off, I'd say. I say we wait five hundred years and find out. Let's find I out. Agree. I don't. Yeah, I think. I think let's take that gamble. Let's see what this information catastrophe looks like. Now here, here is a tricky point. So say unless we have some medical breakthrough, we don't live to be 500 years old. Let's not think that far ahead. So if we (laughs) upload our minds to the mainframe, thus contributing to the digital downfall, Mm. such that we can experience it, does that mean that in 500 years we go from being able to do math in our heads to, again, having depression? Uh. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, maybe. That's a big maybe, I suppose. (laughs) <laughs> but i think it might be worth it i do think it's worth it yeah. i would i would put my i would put my my atoms into bits to experience the bit atom hybrid of the future yeah why not it looks like uh so computational neuroscientists uh estimate that human brains can hold somewhere between 10 and 100 terabytes wow they think. so that's a hu- 10 and 100 uh-huh that's a really large gap. It's a good old margin, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Well, others some, think it some goes of us in. are a 10 and some of us are a 100. <laughs> yeah, we, all know, we all know where we fall on that. 
Oh man, depends on what kind of sales going on at Best Buy, if you ask me. But I think my PlayStation, we have like a we have a one terabyte extension, and I think my PlayStation knows a lot more than I do. So I guess oh. I'm probably closer to a ten <laughs> than a one hundred. <laughs> Your PlayStation, your PlayStation's like, don't talk that way. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, based on how you programmed your phone, I imagine your PlayStation doesn't talk nice to you either. <laughs> yeah, it's true. My handle is also stinky little. Boy. I was just gonna say, come on, stinky boy, you're fine. <laughs> stinky little boy. <laughs> stinky little boy. <laughs> you do you so much work. <laughs> you always play healer. <laughs> you you are valuable. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do have some spooky news now. Okay. So right. in online, I have three bits of news. So this is the second of the three. Two-thirds of the way there. Yikes, three whole and more on- bits, huh? <laughs> and, oh, God, <laughs> contributing even now. Exactly. An online poker community, Cards Chat, has poured through over 50 years of data to quantify the number of ghost sightings per state, as well of your chances of seeing a ghost. So while Texas has the highest number of ghostly encounters with just over 7,000, you actually have... <laughs> everything's bigger in texas you actually have the highest chance of seeing a ghost in illinois huh this is an online poker chat room community yep yes okay just wanted to make sure we once found a really interesting story about uh like a gnome-like creature called a puck wedgie mm-hmm. in a bodybuilding forum so you never know what's out there <laughs> Famously were they true. like talking about the Puckwadgie's gains or something? Oh, if they were, that would be amazing, actually. Um, no, like, what was... do you think his diet's like? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a lot of bark. Um, <laughs> it was uh, equally magical and sweet, though. It was basically a full-on meat-headed male um, coming coming very candidly clean about his strange experiences that he defended to the death were true about mm-hmm. running into a puck wedgie in I think his aunt's house or his or his own family home yeah. and uh, received just just about as much toxic male attention as you can imagine he would for coming clean about this on bodybuilding.com or whatever it was what the fuck but wow what a gem yeah. a digital gem this that's is, a piece of uh, yeah Episode 17, Huckleberry Hellhound wow. was the episode. So worth, worth a listen. <laughs> I um, hope that guy's doing okay. I do too. I know. I checked back <laughs> to see if he re-updated his forum, and I still check it from time to time just to see if he's <laughs> doing all right. Um, but yeah. So a lot of ghosts in Illinois. I should go a uh, couple states next door and well, see what's not, up there. It's not necessarily that there are a lot of ghosts, but how they got the numbers, they compared the total number of sightings to the total population. So you just have a higher mm. chance of seeing a ghost So we're there. talking G- GPC here, ghost per capita. Ghost per capita, yeah. Or spooks per capita. Spooks SPC. per capita, yes. The uh, scream index, essentially. Um, and, you know, Illinois is is famously very haunted. There are lots of well-known haunted spots in illinois i did i say say ohio just now you said illinois okay good because for some reason in my head i heard ohio could be a ghost could be a ghost well i've spoken frequently on this podcast about my ghostly encounters in this very room Ooh. so does that make you want to go to illinois maybe see a ghost yeah, I mean, we were already kind of hoping to go to Chicago, visit with a friend of the show uh, who hosts a couple of different tour guide companies and has some cool ghost stories and haunted spots he wants to show us, but plague. 
So plague. someday. Yeah, you don't want to give the ghosts the plague. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That too. Uh, Florida is the you're least likely to see a ghost in Florida, but Delaware mm. actually has the fewest ghost encounters. Delaware, wow. interesting. Again, is this, this based a little. on sort of again this ghost per capita factor? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Delaware. I guess Delaware's just too uh, milk toast to even haunt. Yeah, they don't even. You can't spook them. Can't can't freak them out. <laughs> they have a hard. They have a hard life there. It's true. It's mostly farms it's and cold. coastline. Exactly. They're busy. They get up when the sun rises. They have to milk the cows and. <laughs> this sounds like Delaware. <laughs> fight off the chupacabras. And fend off the chup, which is not a ghost. So that isn't to say that none. This is not the chupacabra per capita rating. Indeed. So that isn't to say that there isn't any number of frights in Delaware. They're just not of the ghostly variety. <laughs> Delaware frights. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Most probably people, a bar in Delaware, like the, a horror. It's a great bar, bar name or a great band name. We're the Delaware Frights. The, Come on, that's just that's a T-shirt already. The biggest problem in Delaware is being compared to Maryland and D.C. I think. Oh yeah, that's true. Shriveling in its shadow. I guess we could compare them right now. If I go to this website, I can. It has an interactive <laughs> cardschat.com uh, slash chances of seeing a ghost. You, you know what? I'll send it. I'll send it in the... I wonder what the over or under is on them finding a better name for their site. Because they do the odds of, and I don't understand the odds number. So to me, it looks like a really big number, and apparently it's not. So for Illinois, the the odds of a ghost sighting by state is plus 1,196,000. A I wonder if it's like that many out of a... You have one in that many... Chance? I think it's a po- it must be a poker thing. It has something to do with odds. I don't know. Because ah. actually, it looks like the odds of uh, seeing a ghost in my home state of Maine is not too different from what it is in Illinois. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. What's your value, Jake, for for Maine? Uh, eighteen That's oh not the God. number of ghosts, though. That's not the number of ghost sightings. That's the odds of a ghost sighting. I assume it's one in one hundred eighty-two thousand four hundred, but that's maybe just. Wishful thinking about how they the odds work. Illinois is the best. Yeah, I'm looking at Massachusetts right now. We've got plus five hundred twenty-five thousand three hundred. No, I think but that, that means but really low num- odds. It's not a five thousand oh. number. It's an odd. So it, it it's more like five fifty. I think. Oh, I don't, I see. I don't know how percent. I don't understand G. how ratios and percentages work. <laughs> I can feel my terabytes dwindling away as I look at this. Oh, I just realized that what I thought was a really spooky like smudge on my screen is actually part of the background of this uh, web page. <laughs> is it a ghost? I was like, mean? oh no. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a ghost. Spooky. So our third and final bit of weird news actually ties into the theme for this week. Okay. A two-headed venomous snake was spotted in India about a week ago. Oh, interesting. Two-headed snake. Mm. He's only 11 <laughs> centimeters long, Aww. but he's a Russell's viper, which is one of the world's most dangerous snake. Why does Russell but get to keep him? <laughs> he just, he really likes them. He kind of claimed dibs. Uh, but this little guy was actually rescued without anyone being bitten, and he's safely secured in a research facility. Aw. I have so nothing that, to add. That's great. Yeah, it's <laughs> cute. It's it's cute and it's fun. Oh, here I, I'll send you a photo of him. Ooh, that's more like I love seeing me a good little snake pal. Let me see that snake pal. Growing up, there was a while where my default favorite animal was snake, but I think it's because by default the only nickname 
kid uh, people could come up with for a kid with the name Jake was Jake the Snake. And uh, I was like, okay, I guess I like snakes, I guess. You sound like a 1950s white gangster kind of guy. Aha. Uh-huh. Russell's Viper on. F- oh, no, I clicked Fox News. Damn it. Oh, well. Oh, right no. They got the ad clicked. The, origi- the original two headed snake. Yeah, he's just a little boy. Oh, look at that he's little guy. He's a cutie. Yeah. Now, this begs the question, of course is the snake twice as venomous? <laughs> it didn't say. So that is a very good question. Um, it would depend on what part of the anatomy they shared. That's true. So, it looks like the, if they share, if they both have entire heads, the, de- de- the venom I guess glands. it would depend on how many venomous tracts developed in utero. Yeah. Like kind of where they actually fused and where they split. If they have two fully formed heads, the venom glands are in the mouth. They're uh, modified uh, salivary glands that became toxin glands over time. And uh, so if they have fully developed individual mouths, then they may in fact have twice the uh, venomous punch. Twice the venom. Well, then they probably do. It didn't say, but I think maybe that was to not freak us out. (laughs) It's true. Although, what if, so say one head had only one venomous fang. The other only one as well. This mm-hmm. is back to the boyfriend question, actually. No longer a snake. And one can only tell the truth and one only tells lies. <laughs> yeah. I think the way to get around that, though, is you just you kill one of them and you say, are they dead? Oh, God. You kill the one head? You, yeah, you just chop off the head and you say, you know, can you Can you make do gone? without the other head? Is that head gone? And if they say yes, oh, there you, you know go. that they're lying. There you go. <laughs> well... Yeah, I guess they they would have to say yes if they were telling the truth. Yeah. Well, so this little hack, this little hack for you all. Take that snake hack. Someone's like, I can only tell the truth, and I can only tell the lie. Just shoot one of them, and hashtag (laughs) snake hack. (laughs) So this this week's uh, date is. I know that you two are very good friends, and you you know we were talking a little bit how difficult it is to find love. So I thought. Why not a multi-headed beast for double date perfection? Oof, I like it. So then you don't have to choose between who's going on the date, who are they better for. There's multiple heads in one. So this is known as polysyphily, and it's actually very rare and seen as a disadvantage in our nature, the nature that we know. Mm -hmm. Uh, So talking about two-headed snakes, there have actually been quite a few two-headed snakes that are born into captivity, Mm -hmm. so it allows scientists to study them, and they find that the snakes will often, the heads rather, will often fight amongst like itself over which Mm. mouth will get the food, and when trying to flee a predator, will try and go in different directions. So it's not particularly helpful to have two heads in that case, right? uh, because you, you may not be fed or you may die when trying to run away from a predator or in some instances they've actually attacked one another Aww. mistaking oh, no. the other head for uh, another snake or even for prey clearly they are not doing much pillow talk no pillow talk they do not seem to be communicating and don't seem great about object permanence either no where'd you come from who's that who's that <laughs> So two-headed calves are another one. There always seems to be a story about a, a, a freak two-headed, in quotes, two-headed quotes, calf. Yes. Though recently, mm-hmm. L- Lucky died after 108 days, and I think that's oh. one of mm. the longest-living two-headed calves. Wow. 
Now the the quick mortality is that just because one head is not fully developed, or is there something strange, something else going on in their system that is hampering longevity? Or are it they seems just... it seems to be yeah that they have difficulty feeding. Mm. Uh, like with a cow, it would be difficult for them to feed. Uh, with a snake, it's difficult for them to get away and to eat as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mm-hmm. think also. Typically, when two heads are shown, there is also a lot of other stuff going on internally where things aren't formed properly or have merged. Makes sense. The two heads is just what we're seeing, but there's actually a lot of of work going on. And there is, of course, the poem by Laura Gilpin called Two-Headed Calf. Have you heard this poem? I have not, but I absolutely will accept a reading if you're offering... I'm going to read it. It literally always makes me cry. And there is oh. a very beautiful comic that someone did of it. And it's very short. The poem is... So Was this it is Gary Larson by... who did it? I know he likes cows. Gary Larson hmm? did it. A... Did Gary Larson do it? <laughs> I don't know who did the comic. Okay. I'm going to guess probably not. <laughs> Known <Gary>. cow lover. <laughs> exactly. And famous humorist. <laughs> uh, so this is, again, the poem is by Laura Gilpin. Tomorrow, when the farm boys find this freak of nature, they will wrap his body in newspaper and carry him to the museum. But tonight he is alive and in the north field with his mother. It is a perfect summer evening, the moon rising over the orchard, the wind in the grass, and as he stares into the sky, there are twice as many stars as usual. Oh, that's very sweet. That's very nice. Yeah, and someone did, maybe known cow lover, did a very beautiful little comic of like a little two-headed calf like looking up into the stars. Oh, that's very sweet. Although you, for having only one head, did just lie, which is that you did not break down in tears. I d- uh, I'm a little I'm a little misty right now. All right, all right, it's all right. It's a beautiful. It's a little beautiful. It's a little beautiful. It was uh, but very. Nice. It is. <laughs> you know, in the world of monsters, having more than one head actually isn't a disadvantage. It's true. Just like just ask the uh, ask the Hydra. I'm sure right. they would give that- you uh, 15 opinions, and if you said one wasn't so good, they give you two more after that. You know what I'm saying? I get it. I Fam- get famous it. famous lovers of all their many heads. <laughs> well, so now I have I have these four dates for you. Ooh, all right. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Is that actually basically Let's- eight dates if they all have multiple heads? <laughs> they all have. Uh, only one of them actually has two heads. Oh my. Uh, sorry, actually, nope. I just I went with I wasn't sure which ones I was gonna go with. Three of them have two heads, and then one of them has eight heads. So you have oh a lot to choose from. <clears throat> okay. All right. Well, I've got my seventeen-piece tux on, and I am ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> so our first bachelor is found in both the oldest and second oldest classical texts concerning the history of Japan, and those would be the Kojoki and the Nihongi, respectively. Hmm. He's a giant serpent with eight heads, eight tails, luminous red eyes, and is so mm. big that he spawns the distance of eight valleys and eight hills. Wow. Wow. Big. That's pretty big. All about that eight. Trees. <laughs> trees grow all along the ridge of his back, and his body is covered in moss, excuse me, in moss, but his underbelly oozes pus and blood on the right I have been into this up until this moment. <laughs> <laughs> I have so, to be honest. I'm still listening. He's a, <laughs> he's a little bit of like a party on the underbelly. Uh, Gross party. Just <laughs> <laughs> Business on the back, I guess. 
And <laughs> just a really nice summer day on the back. Uh, okay. All right. So to be as upfront as possible, um, the story surrounding this bachelor does end in his defeat. So he is kind of a loser. Uh-oh. It's all right. It shows modesty. <laughs> he he, know, he knows the taste of defeat. He doesn't think he's always right. That's right. And if he knows the taste of the feet, then hey, we got something Whoa. going here. <laughs> it didn't say he doesn't have feet because he's a serpent. So he actually may be very attracted to feet. I do have two of those. Hopefully he doesn't need eight, but go on. Are they yours? <laughs> yeah. Okay, good, good. I'm not going to yeah, confirm. It or... sounds like you could get more <laughs> if you really it's wanted true. to. You just got to put your mind to it. No, guy. So basically the story is that he ran a racket on a couple who were both actually gods uh, by demanding that they feed him one of their eight daughters every year. What? Why? How would they ever acquiesce? (laughs) I guess he was just like, you gotta. And they were like, all right. He did say. He did say we gotta. He did say we gotta. I mean, He's big. If something that was how is big as he eight mountains and eight hills, eight valleys and eight hills, like are you really gonna argue with him? Probably not. Well, I wanna know. So valleys are the space between hills. So if he's as big as eight valleys and eight hills, do they cancel each other? <laughs> Am I overthinking this? Anyway. What do you mean going. do they cancel each other? Valleys and Doesn't hills don't extend? cancel each other. Well valleys <laughs> are the negative just, space between hills. You so don't look if, at a you don't look at a valley and be like, well, it yeah. cancels out the two hills. Is he the crest minus the trough of uh <laughs> Yeah? It's just negative space now. <laughs> it's just negative space. It's been cancelled out. <laughs> so okay, this guy's kind of a sh- he's kind of a shyster snake. He's, he's a bit, yeah. Uh, so on the eighth year, the recently cast out from heaven storm god Susano found the couple crying and offered to help them save their sole surviving daughter in exchange for her hand in marriage. They're even running a fucking So he's racket. also kind of, yeah. <laughs> I guess these girls just cannot rest in peace, but what are you going to mm. do? So the first thing he does is he transforms the daughter into a comb which he safely tucks in his hair. The snake is doing and then this, he, correct? The and then he monster. walks away. <laughs> and he's like, thanks for yeah, the comb. Yeah, gotcha. Exactly. <laughs> the end. I just and, wanted a comb. <laughs> and then he asks the parents to make a giant fence with eight gates, and on each gate a platform, and on each platform a giant barrel of sake. Mm, see where this mm. one's going. He's going to take a bath. <laughs> when our bachelor comes for his tasty midnight sack, he notices the fence and is deeply intrigued by the home improvement project. Mm-hmm. So he sticks a head through each gate into the barrel and slurps up all the sake. And soon enough, mm-hmm. he falls into a drunken slumber. Right. Susano then begins to hack away at him piece by piece. And when his sword breaks after the fourth tail, he notices a sword hidden in the flesh. And with wow. that sword, he finishes the job saving his soon-to-be bride, and retrieving, in the meantime, the legendary katana, the Heavenly Cloud Sword. Wow. You have a cloud sword? I do, yes. <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, I, it's inside? Yeah. I have a, I've gifted huh. it to him. Oh. Gotcha. But it was inside of this serpent, just yeah, chilling. just chilling. Interesting. I have a major question about how they produced sufficient sake to inebriate 
What is essentially a Jormungandr-sized snake? <laughs> he may have a very low tolerance. That's maybe he's true. A te- <laughs> I mean, maybe if he's a pus all the time, he might have pretty low That's true. blood count <laughs> on the inside. It's, it's like always donating healthy. blood to the landscape, essentially, beneath him. So, <laughs> All right, that'll do it for me. Either way. Yes, carry on. So he's he chops off... Four of eight tails starts with the tails for some reason, not the heads. Kind of would probably start with the heads. No, no, no. He gets all the heads, and then it's on the fourth tail. So first he chops oh, wow. off all the heads, and uh, then he chops okay. off all the tails. So this is just which, like sociopathic so behavior at this point. Yeah, he's just kind of, <laughs> I guess, doing like a little... He's in doing a, a Julian a of the serpent, <laughs> Julia. basically. I'm going to call the serpent Julian from here on. Carry on. <laughs> And when he cut the fourth tail, that's when his sword shatters right. because it's come into contact with the legendary Heavenly Cloud Aha, Sword. Too strong. Okay. He gifts the sword to his sister, who's Amaterasu, which is the sun goddess. And she then the sword is then passed down through the imperial line of Japan is one of and is one of three imperial regalia. Okay. She welcomes Susano back into heaven because she had just cast him out for being a little shit. Mm-hmm. But he's like, Nope, <laughs> I want to stay with this lady I just married. And so he stays to live in the countryside. And he actually uh, wrote a poem. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't realize when writing this episode that it was going to be so poem centric. Right. But <laughs> is it called the two-headed calf? It's, yeah, he he has a pen name. It's Laura Giblin. No, he <laughs> the poem the poem that he writes is actually considered to be the first wakai, which is a type of stylized Japanese poem. Seven five seven, so I he, believe. No, that's a haiku. <laughs> it's five seven five. <laughs> Oh, it's a slideshow with, what, 20 slides each 20 seconds each? <laughs> yeah. That, that's what it is, right? I don't know. The Wakai? Anyway, keep going. Oh, I was like, I don't know. I don't know anything about oh, poems. Oh, we're just I don't know anything around. about numbers. I don't know anything about atoms. I don't know anything about poems. <laughs> I took so four he, years he of writes... Japanese poetry in high school. Oh, wow. Yeah. All four years? That's right. <laughs> uh, I, will, I will read the poem for you. Please do. Obviously, it's been translated into English. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. The poem is, Many clouds rise up. Clouds appear to form a fence holding this couple. They form layers of a fence. Oh, the layers of that fence. A little erotic there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, are we dating this guy or the big snake that he has now killed? Well, it, I mean, if you want to date this guy, you do have to fight over him because he only has one head, and it sounds like he's really into his wife. It's true. Plus, he true, and he does have a legendary. Uh, sword, if you know what so I'm saying, well, he doesn't make it hard. He doesn't oh, have he it any longer. Oh, he gave it away. All right, I like, oh. I like my chances. But he can write a poem. I'd like the. I would like the uh, poker forum to calculate my chances, but for, so far they seem good. Yeah, I'm liking. I'm liking this so far. We can definitely submit the numbers to them, but the first <laughs> bachelor go. is is technically the A-headed serpent. I was more into that guy anyway. Right. It's a wild ride. <laughs> Very big. Uh, if you love nature, he's got it built in. If um, exactly. you're into pus and blood, also built in. <laughs> <laughs> I guess pus and blood is built into all of us, and his problem is that it's True. not well, in. or is it a problem? He's he's reminding you continuously that uh, <laughs> these are the things that make up, you know, living existence. Plus, 
He's got uh, enough fun for eight days a week, which, as far as I'm mm. concerned, is one more than seven. Mm. On the seventh day, you will not rest. <laughs> no, no, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so our second bachelorette has a name that translates as walking both ways or goes both ways, yeah. which is Ooh. illustrative of the fact that she has a proper head and then also a butt head. Uh-oh. I'm not laughing. Carry on. <laughs> She was born from the, a droplet of blood that fell from Medusa's head as... Um, Perseus? Yes. I was like, where is it in here? As Perseus flew over you. the uh, Libyan desert. Hmm. And it apparently survives by eating corpses. Or she, rather, she survives by eating corpses. All right, so we got bad breath. Carry on. She can spit venom from both of her mouths. Okay. So I guess depending on the direction, one of them is not venom, but <laughs> venom in name only or vino. <laughs> um. And the two heads will switch, acting as the head or the tail. So wow. one of them will be the venom spitting, and the other one will be like hitting you, like it's a tail, and then they'll switch. Uh, the or, kind the of original booty on. slap, if you will. Exactly. <laughs> I had another question. Now, by spitting venom, are we talking in the metaphorical, she's got dope rhymes and funny things to say, or is she literally spitting caustic, poisonous? Hmm. Like, yeah, I, I, don't know that she, I don't know that she has bars, so I bar think free. it means <laughs> okay. just pure venom. And okay. that could also mean fire. I think oftentimes when they said venom, it was like a fire, more like. And you're sure in spitting fire, she does not have bars? <laughs> she's just she has the sickest put down lines though like if you get on the wrong side of her she will roast you with actual fire actual fire (laughs) i'm not entirely sure of her size because she she does seem small though Mm -hmm. because wearing her around your neck while while alive is actually known as a protection for pregnant women whoa okay Hmm. So we've gone from about as big as it goes to jewelry. Jewelry size. I mean, I guess she could be more like a, like, you know, when people wear like the, the minks, like the full ass yeah. mink, you know? So she could be shoulder size for sure. Just shitting and vomiting everywhere. Yeah, just chillaxing. Well, she can't shit. Spit. I'm sorry. What did I say? You said shitting and vomiting. She can only vomit. Oh, I heard spitting. I heard spitting and spitting. (laughs) Okay, carry on. Oh, maybe you did say spitting and vomiting. (laughs) Yeah, I just want to make it entirely clear. She does not have a butt. Oh, I see. Okay. It's just a head that acts as a butt. It's a head that... Corpses. She eats corpses, yes. Where where do they go? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Okay. (laughs) I'm not sure. There was no details about how That could be, that could be an ice-breaking question she, when we're I on our first date. She can't poop, so she must be operating at like 100% efficiency. Yeah. <laughs> the perfect partner. Oh, becomes body heat. Jeez. Um, her, if you wear just her skin, so presumably she's dead at this point. Whoa. Her skin worn around your neck could soothe the symptoms of arthritis and a cold. Okay. And her, if you eat her meat, it makes you very sexy and will attract lovers to you. Okay. So she's less of a partner, more of a kind of uh, weird snack clothing item. 
I mean, you could say that about anyone. Ooh. It just depends on if you're a serial killer or not. <laughs> well, isn't isn't I know I'm about the youngest 80-year-old person alive right now, but uh isn't snack like a thing people say about each other nowadays? Oh, that person's such a oh, yeah. snack. But now you a could snack, say yeah. that person's a total weird snack. It's <laughs> <laughs> a weird snack. Mm-hmm. Snack, snake. Snake. Getting me back to snake. Carry on. Snake. Sir Thomas Brown <laughs> writes in Vulgar Errors that such a creature is impossible because there's no way something would have a head for a butt. Well, well argued. What a killjoy. <laughs> he said it just doesn't make sense. He doesn't like the facts. He says, speaking from an evo- like an evolutionary standpoint, why? So, no. Speaking as two evolutionary biologists, we say, why not? Why not? Why not? It works for her. <laughs> yeah, stop getting in her way. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> Although she is small, she is fierce, and she faced off against Geralt of Rivia in the first book of the Witcher series. Really? Oh. Mm-hmm. Will Geralt be making an appearance in this lineup? Because it was like a it was a mention. <laughs> he mentioned that he fought her. She wasn't. She was. It wasn't a. She's maid. just in a. It's just a notch on his belt. Exactly. He's like, yeah, I did that. Been there, done that. What a jerk. Uh, Geralt is not in this episode any past this point. Oh, fair. I just snapped, and that was a gesture that's really only good for visuals, and this is a podcast. I heard it with my heart. So our, our the next one, Singleton 3, I only have a little bit of information on. All right. So very similar to our second Bachelorette, but less like a two-headed snake and more like a two-headed pig. Okay. Okay. It's more like or just like? <laughs> well, there are two. There were there were kind of two different versions of it. One is yeah. just a straight up two-headed pig. Again, pig in the front, pig in the back. I see. Okay. And, All right. And then the other one like a is terrible, again, pig in the f- terrible mullet, basically. Exactly. <laughs> the other one was pig in the front, pig in the back, but long belly. So kind of more like cat dog. Ah, uh, okay. classic. <laughs> and then the other one was it was just a normal stout torso, I guess. Okay. okay. So I guess it just it depends on what flavor you find. But this this one is written in the classic of Mountain and Sea, which is a Chinese text that has been around since at least the fourth century BCE and serves as a compilation of geographic geography, creatures and mythology of the pre-Kin China. Okay. So, again, it has the body of a pig that in some it seems to be stretched out. In others, it's it's just a normal body of a pig with two heads. And both heads have very different personalities. So, it is very, very stubborn. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Because they each have their own moods, thoughts, needs, desires. And they cannot seem to agree on anything. Yikes. All right. So in this case, would we be kind of like a mediator to their relationship? Mm. It sounds like you might have to. Um, other than that, there wasn't a lot about its behavior. So I don't know if it, you know, is if it eats meat, if it forages, if it's dangerous. I don't really know anything about that. So maybe it's just the same as, you know, you two. Most days you get along. Some days you don't. Or if they seem to be and constantly we are both pigs. <laughs> you are what? 
I said, we are both pigs. We are both yes. pigs. It's important for listeners to know. Yeah. But just the one-headed kind. Single head. Exactly. Yeah. Single head, normal butt. Normal butt. Still spitting venom. My butt is paranormal. <laughs> Oozing a lot of blood and pus. <laughs> oh, God. Ew. God. Maybe, maybe we should take back our endorsement of Wyatt earlier. Maybe you don't want it. <laughs> That's what the cap's for. It's because my exposed brain. <laughs> I defy anyone uh, to expose their brain and not have to deal with that. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, that would be grody. If, if someone had an exposed brain, would you want to touch it? If they let you? Yes. Um... If Should they I have paused said, longer first? If they said, you know, I know you want to, <laughs> you can touch it if you want. <laughs> I know you? you want to. Trust me, my brain is close. <laughs> Obviously, you wouldn't ask because that would be really rude. You don't know. I me. would. I would but ask. They, you would ask if someone had just a full brain on display, no skin cap, no head helmet, brain open. <sighs> I feel they're aware of the fact, surely. So they wouldn't be offended if, like, hey, the situation you have, which you are very clearly aware is not typical, is interesting to me. May I explore? I will wash my hands first. I will wash my hands first. Can I poke? (laughs) You think people people who have atypical, uh, (laughs) you think it's just because it's an atypical situation, they should be used to people wanting to touch their brain? They're like a walking museum. yeah. They just want to live a, their life. They just want to go to get some tacos. I guess I'm imagining a situation where we're speaking to each other already, not I'm approaching them out of the blue. But uh, if, yeah, if I just saw them passing on the street, I would be like, oh, that's an interesting thing I just saw, and I'm moving on with my day. But if we yeah, were to engage in conversation, maybe I would start with something like, oh, I see you're getting tacos. <laughs> you have an exposed brain. Can I touch it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's good to know. You I would guess. need, however, to ask permission and specifically not just go in and touch it because if you touch the wrong spot they might fart (laughs) right or get an erection (laughs) or you might confuse the two and anytime they fart they get an erection Uh (laughs) not necessarily a deal breaker There's definitely a Hallmark movie out there where it's like that's the deal breaker a lifetime classic (laughs) Where he's like, you can't love me. No one can love me. Every time I fart, I get an erection, Rebecca. She's like, let's go get you some beans, baby. <laughs> this holiday season. Yeah, this this Christmas. Trumpet in the new year. <laughs> the latest offering from Hallmark. <laughs> oh, man. I would watch that movie. Oh, my God. And it would be something like sweet farts or something like this like play on heart but obviously i think it would okay, be then, i think it'd be trumpet in the new year trumpet in the new year is pretty good but yeah. it has to be based around some major holiday because that's just how it works well it has to be christmas what other hallmark movies are there besides well if it's christmas? if it's if it's sweet farts then it could be <laughs> uh, potentially day? um valentine's true. day yeah those are the two Hallmark holidays is Christmas and yeah. <laughs> Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah. The channel just goes into suspension for the rest of the year. <laughs> it uh-huh. ha- Well, they're busy because they're going to produce like a hundred movies for the next That's Christmas That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> they have to get just it all out in just like a two-month period. We've got one screenplay and a hundred movies to produce. They aren't going to do it themselves. Come on, people. 
<laughs> but getting getting back to our two-headed pig. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it good at having sex? <laughs> well, you know, I think that is a very subjective question. <laughs> That's fair. That's uh, fair. <laughs> I don't know what you want and your desires, so it could be yes or no. Typically, I like to try to resolve conflicts and stand around while someone During else... sex, you like to resolve conflicts? <laughs> someone else is eating <laughs> ideally enough for two. Um, but otherwise, they're very angry and um, basically rolling around in mud the entire time. This is during, again, these are your sexual requirements? These are questions, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a little bit of both. Say, I, yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, if it is a pig, though, pigs do, you have to be careful around them. Uh, as I'm sure you've seen The Wizard of Oz. And there is that scene where Dorothy falls into the pig pen. And people who are not from farmland maybe don't know that that is actually a very scary situation because pigs will eat the... F- they will eat you to death if, given a, shit up, if given a chance. So... Well, that's why there's so many boars in, uh, in like European folklore who are real bad because like mm. they can't just gore you. They will kill you and then eat you and eat wow. you that's why everyone was freaking out in the wizard of oz when dorothy fell in because if she had hurt herself and the pigs had smelt blood they could have gone into a frenzy and eaten her yikes what are pigs if not sharks of the land land shark <gasps> you're so right though actually that's really brave of you to say and it's true <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> Never thought. It's finally time someone acknowledged that. Why? You know what? You just I'm inspired in my next. My next tattoo is going to be a pig with a shark fin. Ooh, that's pretty good, actually. <laughs> would, you, would you slap some Jake. slap some gills on that bad boy, or just leave it pig with a shark? I kind fin? of. Would, I think at that point I'd let the artist. That'd be an artist. Artist call. Artist call, I but definitely I want a hybrid of that. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> so that's something to keep in mind with this third bachelor. Yeah. Uh, sorry, yes. singleton. This is a singleton. singleton. Uh, but now we will be moving into our final bachelor. So we started with a bit of a loser. He did get defeated because uh, he was too drunk to fight. So I thought it would be nice to end with a god. Oh, boy. Why not? So our final bachelor is a god and one of the earliest Roman deities. Huh. Oh, I think I know who this is. Okay, keep going. <laughs> you have a history, Jake? <laughs> He's often known as the god of doorways and represented as a two-faced man, but he actually has a richer place in the mythos than a simple doorman. Mm. He's seen Mm. as the custodian of the universe, representing both the beginning and the end, the past and the future. Whoa. The beginning of the year belongs to him, quite literally. It's where we got the name. And the beginning of the day, month, and year are all sacred times for him. Oh, damn. Mm. Wowzers. He has two principal myths about his creation, and one suggests that he may have first been a living person who ascended to godhood after his death. Mm. So in that one, he ruled alongside a king for a time before being exiled, and I couldn't actually figure out what he did to be exiled, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who knows. With his wife and son in tow, he found a, he founded a city on the banks of the Tiber. So though, though as a side note, it, it seems that at this time, the river was actually called the Albula, and it was mm-hmm. actually named Tiber after his son, Tiberness, 
drowned in it. Which is oh. like kind of hmm. a bummer. But anyways, before all that happened, he ruled the city with compassion mm-hmm. and his city and people knew peace. And it was actually in the city that he was said to have received Saturn when Saturn was exiled from Olympias. And Saturn was so impressed with the hospitali- hospitality that he gifted the king the ability to see into both the past and the future. And this is the mm-hmm. version in which he was made into a deity after his death. Okay. In another, he protects Rome from her enemy by shooting jets of hot water at invaders as they attempt to scale the walls of the city. So right. he's just like, no, Interesting. no, 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 no. Now, hot and water are we talking his... comfortably hot or painfully hot? Mm-mm. I'm thinking boiling hot. Oof. Well, it doesn't well, say. Much like the think... lady whose house you drove up to in the bathroom. <laughs> Go on. I, maybe if it were boiling, it would say jets of boiling water. So maybe... I'm imagining just very powerful jets of water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like massage jets from a jacuzzi just to blast them away. I'm thinking like fire hose. Okay. Those are really big jacuzzi. Big yeah. jacuzzi. <laughs> I guess if you could if you put a fire hose in a bathtub, you've created a jacuzzi. <laughs> That's right. And what a jacuzzi you've <laughs> DIY created. DIY jacuzzi. <laughs> just DIY jacuzzi. Get fire hose. Just fucking yeet yourself across the bathroom. <laughs> so in honor of his victory the doors of his temple are closed during times of peace and open during times of war okay so they've been open for a while now (laughs) they've been open i think they the hinge broke it became kind of a, a bragging point for kings to, to say how many times the temple doors had been closed during their reign. Mm. So Augustus mm. is famous for have both have for boasting that the doors to the temple were closed three whole times wow. during his rule. Mm-hmm. Each for over a day. <laughs> Each just <laughs> until dinner was done, yeah. and then there was more. <laughs> there was more to be upset about. <laughs> Those some say that actually the reason that they're closed during times of peace is to keep the war in, so kind of like to keep struggles mm. internal. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then when you're you're they're open, the soldiers are marching out. Thank goodness to inflict war on others. I guess there's never Great. a moment of no conflict, though. No, never, never. It's either a civil war or a foreign uh, war, or what have you foreign war but always some type of war great unlike other roman gods who became heavily influenced by the greeks which included the new names that i think a lot of people associate with the the greek Mm -hmm. gods our fourth bachelor maintained his roman origins and name and very little of his story has changed over time Hmm. Hmm, interesting consistency there you go so those those are the four bachelors i have for you wow a lot to think over. Man, oh here. man. Now, do you want Jake and I to come to a consensus, or are we about to split off on go on like separate dates if we both prefer a separate um, suitor? Well, you know, this was intended to be a double date, so maybe you two could kind of discuss. Try and try and win the other to your side if you're disagreeing. What are your let's mm-hmm. maybe let's go with your gut instinct, Jake Wyatt. Who are your gut instinct inclinations? Jake, do you want to go first? I got mine ranked. Ah, <laughs> uh, let's see. I do want to fuck Janice, but 
Uh, <laughs> there's a lot to be said for the other ones too. I don't know. Let's hear your rankings. I want. I want to see what. what I'm very first. happy to hear Janice you. being Bachelor number four. Very happy to hear you yeah. say that because Janice is also my number one pick with a fucking star on top. Hard <laughs> hard to top that. Hot night. He knows how to become a god. He's gonna give you hot bath jets kind of thing. Hot bath. <laughs> He'll blast you in the He's face. He's going to blast you in sure. the face for sure. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> Facial blasting. My number two, um, now by somewhat of a long shot. Unfortunately, Janice kind of overshadowed the others for me pretty significantly, mm-hmm. but <laughs> would be eight-headed serpent creature. Um, I feel like I could change him. I feel like I could change him. I feel like I could get him some Band-Aids for his tum-tum. I feel uh-huh. like it would be fun rides around the world. Um, mm. maybe build a house in the tree that grows off his back, one of the many trees. Mm. He didn't need to drink very much to like get a buzz on, so you would probably only have to pay about as much as you would for yourself for alcoholic it's beverages. It's true. Um, but this, of course, is rewinding the clock from this creature being uh, summarily uh, sashayed. Chopped up, yeah. <laughs> After that would be the two-headed uh, edible scarf, I guess. <laughs> which is the most painfully objectified of the suitors for me i would hate to feel mm-hmm. like my yeah. only role in this relationship was to wear and or eat my partner <laughs> as much as i would be glad for the virility it bestowed upon me though i would also feel and like i was constantly and the protection cheating. for while you're pregnant inevitably going to happen after eating a part of my current partner to go hang out with janice <laughs> and then finally, of course, is two-headed pig who cares. <laughs> okay. Jake? Jake, do the do those rankings feel true for you? Do those speak to your heart's intentions? <laughs> I might have switched two and three potentially, but I do I do see there being potential in uh in your number two because I, I think there is room for, for growth there and stuff. <laughs> and um there's just so much venom in uh, the other whether that mean literal venom or just whatever form of mouth bad we're talking about, <laughs> mm. Uh, mm. it seems like it could be uh, a caustic relationship. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, and who cares about the two-headed pig? So I think I think we're in um, 100% agreement on all four of these. Uh, Shazam! So wow. let's go double wow. team Janice together and find There's out ahead for both of the other us. ones we didn't choose. Wow! <laughs> exactly. That's really impressive. You two truly are the bestest of friends. That's really cute. <laughs> it's going to be a hell of a New Year's Eve, I tell I you tell that. I'll tell you what. <laughs> so number one, uh, the eight-headed, eight-tailed serpent, is the Yamata no Orochi. Oh, oh, I'm going to send photos. Uh, da-da, here are the photos. Oh, boy. Oh, not delivered. I'm excited. Oppo, here he is. So here, to be fair, in this photo, he is getting uh, the shit kicked out of him <laughs> by <laughs> the storm god. That the one. storm god. Yeah. Looking now, we're looking Still at sort of a three-piece triptych, a triptych, if you will. Mm-hmm. A three-piece triptych, even <laughs> rare to find those. <laughs> oh, he ah. is kind of getting oh, yes, rocked he- pretty hard. Yeah. yeah, but he's uh he's got a nice he's got a style to him. I think he's got his own thing going on. Though in whiskers. this image, the the girl is not a comb. 
in his hair. No. She's kind of off to the side, but that's not that is not historically accurate. She would have been a comb. Classic floating <laughs> bale of hay. <laughs> Suffering on some hay as that's one does. All right, I very like good. It. I like it. Uh the second bachelor, the bachelorette is the Amphisbana. Amphisbana which is also the name of a genius of earthworms, oh. which I guess oh, and, we're maybe Amphisbina, named after. Yeah. Her. Oh wait, Amphisbina I don't like is a Amphisbina. Is a, yeah, that's um that genus. I feel like I've studied some shit about them at some point. Oh, I know dirt? why they're. <laughs> yeah, that's probably right. You're right. That's just a joke we biologists right. like to say. So here she is. Uh, she looks quite large in this, but I guess imagine her being a little more. And then this she also has like, legs. I don't know. This is a very confusing image. Wow. This is much more oh, yeah. llama-like than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of a person. Than the, not that so much. Um, yeah, she's described like a worm more like. I see. Turns out. And uh, I remember now, Amphisbena is the genus of worm lizards, which are uh, limbless lizards. And one of the theories for what the Mongolian death worm might be if mm-hmm. it's an actual living thing. Right. Interesting. So this is a Mongolian death worm, but with instead of a butt, another head. Can you tell which one <laughs> is trying to fart? <laughs> and I which one just ate a corpse? Actually, I think the one that's grimacing is about to spit. Ah, uh, that'll do it. Mm-hmm. And I think the one who looks kind of passive is just a butt. <laughs> so the one on the the one on the right is in the yeah moment, it's like frozen yeah. in time. Yeah, it's true. Our third singleton is has quite a few different names, and also I, this is another one that I found a few different images for. So I'll go ahead and send both of them. Doki. One looks exactly just like a two-headed pig, and the other one it's kind of a little more elongated. Wow. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> I am. Happy with my selection. <laughs> so that is the again. It has a couple names. It can. It's either the Bing Fang, the Ping Fang, the Chuti, or the Ping Pang. So I guess it was referenced in a few different texts under those various names, but all in the same region of China. So they've kind of mm-hmm. been considered to be the same creature. I will say, you know what this all makes right. me think of is the giant salamander, um, which I'm not sure lives in China, but does appear to be of correct scale give or take in the first image and is browned and would appear to be squishy like that kind of like that first image actually um well the first image it looks like it does have the it does have little cloven feet right and it does look hairy i will just quickly grab one to send back it looks like the giant salamander is in japan japan is what i thought as well but either way it's a creepy looking thing that's long and will eat you. Oh, whoa, it's so big. Isn't that wild? Is it real? Who's that man? Is he on Discovery Channel? <laughs> Probably. <or something? laughs> I like that the related images are more images of him and this, yeah. hat, and this helmet. <laughs> I think I know this guy. Like, can anyone see my hat? I mean, not personally. You've just seen him on. Uh, I've like, seen him do things. Seen him around. Oh, oh. I guess his name is Coyote. Coyote. Oh. Coyote Peterson. Coyote Peterson. Interesting. Interestingly, he changed his last name, I understand. 
Oh, and I see you've already sent us the image of the uh, the of date Jan. of our choice. What is Janice? Janice. Look at that Janice. Already oh. holding the key to our hearts. Respective hearts. Janice, uh, thank you for January. Ah, my birth month, no less. Oh, really? Yeah. At the beginning of the month? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck you then. <laughs> Janice will. I know, exactly. That's what if I'm for lucky, that's what I'm If you play your cards right. Now. right <laughs> well what maybe i guess the beginning do you think the beginning means just the very first day of the month or like kind of like the first third of it and also how do you demark that are we using like australia or are we going by the um yeah, which, yeah, time, which time, time zone are we talking here uh what time zone is i guess gmt right that's kind of the standard that's the time zone that we've decided is the zero yeah i guess that's right who even lives in Greenwich? I don't know. You're right. For some reason, I feel like Gina Davis. <laughs> Gina Davis. <laughs> and who can say that we're wrong? That's about true. That? When I <laughs> Gina, if you're listening. When I tell us where you are. <laughs> and if Janice is hanging out over there. <laughs> They're just having a late breath. That's right. <laughs> uh, I would like to quickly thank my sources. So for bachelor number one, the Yamata, Yamata no Orochi, I got that information from yokai.com from Matthew Meyer. Classic. And from uh, Simply Haiku, volume five, number two. <laughs> that's where I, that's where that See? haiku was. Mm-hmm. See, I, there was a haiku. <laughs> that was the, yeah, the waku. Uh, for bachelor at number two, the worm lizard, that was from the book of imaginary beings by Jorge Luis Borges. Mm. Mm. For Singleton 3, the Bing Fang, that was also the Book of Imaginary Beings and a book of creatures, which seems to be a summary of the text, the creatures of mountain and sea. And for 4, for Janice, Ancient Origins and the Ancient History Encyclopedia. Very cool. Yeah. Well, where do we find Janice now? Do we have to wait a few more months till he turns up again? No, I think he's always there. I guess you could perhaps cross a door. He's in the door frame, you know, so in oh. between spaces. So just, you know. My, oh, my. Maybe just start crossing your thresholds naked with make your intent a little more obvious. I uh, may have been optioning myself to Janice this whole time during COVID. <laughs> <laughs> He also, I mean, also, uh, you know, his name is where we get the term janitor from. So hmm. be nice to your jan, be nice to janitors because he loves them. Hmm. He's a big fan of janitors how did we, and custodians. How did that? Oh, I see. Custodial kind of work writ large. Is that where we got janitor? Uh, I think janitor comes because he's kind of like the keeper of spaces. I see. And you know, even if you're not worried about Janice giving a shit what you do. Treat janitors and custodians yeah, well anyway. for real. Absolutely. So much yeah, especially work. in these times. I tell you what. Oh my seriously. god. Even more so Please in these times. Do. Uh, and I guess you could also just keep your doors closed to signify that your house, the war is on the inside. It's only internal <laughs> conflicts. <laughs> All too true these days. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh boy. <laughs> I imagine it's just that that uh, meme from Glee, but that's the the Roman kings who are just like, I'm gonna create an environment that's so toxic, and they're just closing the temple doors. 
<laughs> oh man. Well, that's the episode I have for you too. Uh, thank you so much for being here. If you want to just so much for plug us. your show, super duper stitious, one more time, and super tell everyone where they can find thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah Jake. spelled exactly as it sounds, which is like the word superstitious, but with a duper in the middle. Turns out, as fun as you thought that wordplay would be, really hard for folks to spell. Uh, we're available anywhere you find podcasts, as well as superduperstitious.com. And we look forward to hearing you there. If you enjoyed this, you can hear Derek on our show, I think, last week when this comes out. It's still there now. We don't delete stuff after it comes <laughs> out. So check it out. I think this episode is going to come out in, in, in uh, September 2nd. It'll come out the first week of September. Cool. Perfect. So, yeah, we'll, you'll have uh, Derek will have been on our show mere days prior. Exactly. Yes. Check out Derek's episode. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited to listen to that episode. He said he had a lot of oh, fun. Nice. We, oh nice. We good. We enjoyed a having time him. with him, but I'm glad he had fun. <laughs> Don't tell him we hated it. <laughs> he's definitely more detail smiling. oriented than I am, so I imagine he did very well on your <laughs> oh, show. He was great. But yeah, thank you so much for having well, us. This was a blast. Ah, well, thank you, and uh, as well as we're doing thank yous, thank you to Richard, our super producer, who is used to only editing two audio streams and instead had to do three. So thank you so much, yes, Richard, indeed. for that. I always appreciate it. 150% more Thank hard. you, and sorry, Richard. <laughs> Alexander Geisler, who did our theme song, who can be found on Instagram. The Nerdsmith Network, who hosts us and loves us and, and shelters us from the outside <laughs> world. As always, like, subscribe, rate, and review. We don't have any new reviews, but I would read them if we did. It's always super cool when people leave reviews and they like us. And that's it. That's what I got for you all. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.